Aomi, and we sometimes forget the great, great difficulties that they had in life. And, and losing a husband and two sons and going back to your homeland and, and Ruth losing her husband and, and so on. And this all happened in a very wicked apostate society during the book of Judges and, and, um, it was not a it was not a atmosphere conducive to faith. We have been probably as favored as any people in history to live in a nation that has been so friendly to Judeo Christian belief. And um, what concerns us is is all that's going on to erode that. And and yet we realize that in 2 Timothy 3, Paul wrote to young Timothy and he said, This know that in the last days perilous times will come. Proud men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, Unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power from such people turn away. So he wrote to Timothy to prepare Timothy, this is what you're going to be living in, and and we mentioned this morning the reality that it's not circumstances that dictate our life. It's our faith. So some of this tonight is born out of, as I mentioned earlier, the feeling of having the rug pulled out from under you and, and thinking, okay, where do we go from here and how do we thrive as believers in the midst of a society that is not friendly for, to that? Or how do we survive when maybe we're going through dark, dark times apart from the culture, just some very trying times? How do we not just survive, but how do we walk victoriously? Number one, Focus on God, not the circumstances. And this is foundational. And and again, tonight, none of this will be new. But we stress way too much about circumstances. And we need to learn to develop in our life to let the circumstances be a springboard, wait a minute, I need to focus on God. To let it be the warning light on the dashboard that reminds me, wait a minute, this isn't the issue. You're inundated with news and emails and texts and did you hear about this and did you see this and, and this? 
the reality is we need to focus on God. There were a lot of bad circumstances in all of the book of Ruth. But what was the the answer? It was it was God. You know, sometimes we're prone to think in our life, can anything good, let alone great, come out of the circumstances that are in my life? And what we need to do to get our focus back on God is to go to the Word and glean from the Word. And even as as Boaz left gleanings for Ruth, God loves to lay precious encouragement and promises and direction and conviction that we think, how did I miss this before? But he's laid it out there for us. So focus on God, not on the circumstances. Number two, we've already alluded to this, pray, pray, pray. We struggle with this because it's spiritual warfare. We struggle with this because... It's against our nature. We'd, we'd rather mull it over in our own mind. We'd rather talk to other people about it. We'd rather text about it or social media about it. But we need to go talk to God. And it's, I'm not just talking about the culture, the circumstances in our, in our own lives. A week or two ago, we encouraged you to Begin praying in your own life, similar to the prayer of Jabez. God, I pray that you would bless me, that you would enlarge my influence, that you would empower me, and that you would protect me. I mean, we're left here to be an influence. It's not, can I get through this maze of life and be unspotted by the world? Unspotted by the world, but we don't touch anybody either. We don't influence anybody. What good is that? We're left to influence. And and it is. It begins in prayer. And we've already mentioned to pray specifically for elected officials. Number three, in the midst of, for example, the culture, what do we do? Develop a genuine Love for God and others. And I'm going to push again the the handout we gave last Sunday night. I think there might be some on the back table. Yes, there are. The 24 characteristics of love. I I just started going through and taking one of those a day. One of those a day is well enough conviction for me for one day and and. Far plenty for me to work on that day. And when I when I have my time alone with God, I sit down and I read over that and I pray about it and I say, Okay, God, help me. Because if I don't love God and I don't love others, my life is worthless. And it's it's learning to to develop that. God rewards those. What you learn from, from the book of Ruth, God rewards those who sacrificially love others. And he rewards sometimes beyond our wildest imaginations. 
God richly rewarded Ruth and Boaz for demonstrating sacrificial love. C.S. Lewis said, I cannot learn to love my neighbor as myself till I learn to love God. And I cannot learn to love God except by learning to obey him. See, it, it comes down to the, the outworkings of our life. In corrupt days, in days of, of corruption in society, there must be a reminder of the faithful love of God. And that has to come through our lives. Number four, separate what you can control from what you can't control. These are reminders we need over and over again. And far too many times I and far too many times we as people spend time in the land of can't control. And we're in this land, we can't control it, but we waller it around, we mess with it, we think about it, and we complain about it, we tell others about it, but it's in this land that you don't have any control over. And that's where you need to say, God, I don't have any control over that. I'm leaving that to you. And God says, hallelujah, finally. I can handle it, God says. And all the time we're dealing with the things we can't control, there are things we can control that we're ignoring. And we need to take care of the things that we can control. And and we need to, there's times, honestly, in our life that we need to sit down and all the things going on in our life say, okay, this thing, where does it fall? Is it something I can control or I can't? Put it over here. If you can't control it, I don't mean self-control. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Can can you control um, the trustworthiness and the the um, fairness of the media? No. So why stew about it? They're cheerleaders for the enemy. Do you expect Sheraton to go play Knoxville and the Knoxville cheerleaders to go, C-H-S, C-H-S, go Chargers. No, you expect them. What do you expect from the others? The prince of the power of this air is in control. But we fret and stew, I do, about all these things that we can't control. No, I've got plenty and you've got plenty of things you can control. Number five, plant seeds of truth wherever possible or wherever you go. Those who live by faith in a wicked world are blessed by God and God wants to use them to be a blessing to others. That's why we must live out the love story of God. And that's what the book of Ruth is about. And, and the reality of how can I plant seeds of kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. How can I plant seeds of encouragement 
today, how can I plant a seed? I mean, be Johnny Appleseeds of of the gospel. You know what I mean? He didn't care what, he just went around and planted apple seeds. And that's our job. It's God that gives the increase. And And too often in my life and in our lives, we think, well, is it doing any good? It doesn't matter. Plant the seed. And God will take care of that. Number six, expect opposition. I think, I think many times as believers, we, we get surprised at the opposition. Any, any step you take for God is a contested step. And it's not going to be easy. And we need, we need to have a mentality that I'm, I'm a fighter. Fight the good fight of faith. We need to have that, that mentality and the reality that, you know what? Progress creates friction, doesn't it? And we ought to be kind of nervous about the fact if, if we're not getting some opposition. Am I not even a threat? I mean, in basketball, if they scout the team and they say, this guy can't make a shot, period. You don't worry about him. Let him get the ball, funnel the ball to him so he dribbles it off his shoe, whatever. But the reality is, Many times we aren't getting opposition because we're no threat. We're not planting seeds. And then number seven, don't quit. Are there times you feel? Absolutely there's times you feel like quitting. I mean, there's times you don't trust anybody, and that's all right. We can trust God. And I'm going to answer to God for what I've done in this life. And that's why I can't, I can't quit. I can't let up. I can't look back. I'm going to answer to God. Well, you know they were deceitful or they did this or they did that. That's not going to cut it. Oh, I understand. I can see why you quit on me. You know, God, I want, I want to go to my grave battling for you. Battling for truth. Doing what is right. Help me to finish well. Why? Because God's worst is better than the world's best. See, when all seems lost, when your future seems to offer nothing but rubble, so to speak. When you're thinking, will, will anything ever turn around? You continue on because there is a God. And He is the kinsman redeemer. And He cares more about 
our lives than we do ourselves. And he's left us here for a purpose to be a salt and a light. You know, it comes down to, I, I want God to know that my life by His grace, I was pursuing Him. I want my kids and grandkids to know He may have been a little crazy, but you know what? He was fighting for what was right. If it wins, that's great. If it doesn't, at least you were fighting for what is right. And we stand today in America because there have been people throughout all the ages that were fighting for what is right. I mean, this morning, hearing 30 million are in bondage of human traffic slavery. I mean, we got to fight. I mean, if all you have is a pea shooter, die shooting your pea shooter. You know what I mean? We can't quit. We can't just say, oh, rescue me, Jesus. I do say, come, Lord Jesus. But at the same time, you got to pick up the trowel and build. you got to pick up the sword and fight. And God's left us here in this society. Perilous times? Absolutely. And they'll get more perilous. But His grace is sufficient. And day by day... And with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Heavenly Father, I pray that our hearts would be encouraged in you. I pray that those that may be on the verge of just coasting through the rest of their life would be encouraged to pick it up and kick it into another gear. I pray that we would be called to prayer, that we would not be called to prayer, that we would answer your Spirit's call to prayer, that we would take serious, first and foremost, to pray without ceasing. And Lord, that our love for you would spread like a wildfire, that our joy in you would be contagious, and Lord, that through our lives of planting seeds, there would be many brought to salvation. Lord, we plead your mercies, and yet at the same time, we plead your empowerment to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Lord, give us wisdom to recognize what is not in our control and then to recognize what is in our control. And I pray that your power would be manifested to the glory of you alone. We praise you in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.